when you hear this catchy little song, you say to yourself, hang on, it's 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning. It's the Hockey Show with Rothenberg right here on 98.7 ESPN. And typically, in fact, I th- I think I can confirm this. Let me, let me bring him on. My producer of the show, uh, Anthony Pusick. Anthony, this is show, I believe, 13, correct? That's what I'm thinking. Oh, oh yeah, show 13. Is it fair to say this is the first time we've ever had a guest in the opening segment of the entire history of the Hockey Show? Absolutely, but it's a big guest. It's a big moment, and this it's a what big... We do. It's a big series for the Islanders. It's so how can a, we not have this guest on? And this is exactly what we do. Very eloquently said. Let's bring her in, Shannon Hogan from MSG. Before we do that, I want to tell you everyone that MSG Networks will have complete postgame coverage immediately following every game, Islanders, uh, against the Bruins, starting with Game 1 tonight. Uh, Shannon Hogan will be joined in studio for the postgame with Butch Goring. And tonight's postgame show will air on two networks, MSG and MSG Plus, and the first ever first segment guest on the hockey show is the one and only Shannon Hogan. Good morning, Shannon. How are you? Good morning. Come on. Don't lie. You know you tried to get people this early before, but you had to go with a mom. You were like, listen, she's got a two-year-old at home. I know she'll be up with the little one. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be ready it's, to It's go. honestly not but true. I swear it's not true. We have we have never even attempted to get a guest in the first segment, and the only reason we're doing it this morning is just it's we're so busy and it's such an exciting time. So we're thrilled to have you. It is an exciting time, and there's there's a lot to cover. Um, you know when when I think about this Islander series against Pittsburgh, the word and we heard, we'll hear from Barry Trotz a little bit later. The word that continues to kind of pop into my head is they're resilient. You know, and it's a great word in sports. And the 07 Giants used to play this this all the time, this game of we're resilient. And even when the Islanders don't play well, even when they're outplayed, they somehow, they're resilient. And they always seem to find a way in the end to get the job done. Yeah, I think that that is a huge part of their team identity. And when you hear Barry Trotz or even any of the players talk about playing Islanders hockey, resiliency is a core value there. And another thing since Barry Trotz has taken over a couple of years ago is he's a huge believer. And it's been this way ever since he's been a head coach in the NHL that good teams have to go through something in a, in a season to come out as the top team in the league. And I feel like everybody has been through something over the last year, but, you know, playing in the bubble, going through, you know, what they went through last year with the pause, I think he felt like that was all adding to what this team could become, whereas maybe some other teams or other players thought, oh my gosh, this is such a hurdle. But I really felt like it bonded the Islanders. And then starting this season, they were ready to take that next step. And it wasn't. They didn't coast all the way through. I mean, there were times they were at the top of the division. There were times where we were like, oh my gosh, please just win a couple more games because we did not want to be nervous about you not making you know, the postseason. But I think game five of that first round against Pittsburgh is the best example of you're not always going to have your best shift or your best period or your best game. But if you can find a way to win together as a team, you can really play with a lot of different teams in this league. And there's so much parity in the league at this point that if you're hot, healthy, and you can kind of weather the storm, you could be in a really good position down the stretch. Shannon, doesn't it kind of feel like the Islanders are built for the postseason? Like the the four seed in, in whatever we're calling this division right now. But um, it just feels like they're built so well because their goaltending w- was really good with Sorokin, and they, they typically try to play a close to the vest style of hockey. And they're really well coached, and they have have excellent defense. Like you know, they're they're a good enough team in the regular season, like you mentioned the ups and the downs. But it feels to me, and I don't know if you agree, like this team is built for the postseason. I 
agree. And I think a lot of that is the mental aspect of it. I mean, yeah, you can have all the pieces if you look at on paper what Pittsburgh was as a team. I don't think there's any doubt that they might have had um, more talent offensively than the Islanders. But the Islanders got the goaltending. Tristan Jari was not exactly what Pittsburgh needed. And while the Islanders probably were hoping to get a little better of a performance, I would say, from Semyon Varlamov, considering how he led the league with seven shutouts during the regular season, I think they knew that they had two goaltenders they were confident in. And Ilya Sorokin settled in. He did not look like a rookie. And I know, you know, obviously he's in his mid-20s. He's played in the KHL. But they got the goaltending. And I think when you look at postseason hockey, you need to get the goaltending. You need to have shutdown defense, which is a core value of this Islanders team. They do that during the regular season. They do it in the postseason. And you need to score. And I think that might have been the the, the question mark really going into this postseason for the Islanders and really any time the Islanders looking to make a run because you're looking around at this roster and you're going, okay, who's going to step up? And I think we've already seen that from that second line with the way that Anthony Beauvillier is playing and Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. And also, you know, centering the third line, you have J.G. Pajot. And so when you're looking at how everybody was able to come together and win games in the first round, you're noticing that you haven't seen a goal for Matt Barzell. And now you're looking to the second round and you're saying, okay, well, if we can get those the second and the third line going and the first line and Matt Barzell can heat up with Jordan Everly, you're in a really, really good position. So I agree with you that I do think that they're built for the postseason, but I think it's more of a mental mindset for this team than actually how they are, are, are composed um, outside of the goaltending. I think goaltending is a huge, huge part of success in the postseason. Shannon Hogan from MSG and the Islanders games joins us here on 98.7 ESPN on the Hockey Show. You mentioned Matt, Matt Barzell. Uh, can the Islanders, and he was quiet. I mean, to be fair, he was quiet in the first series against Pittsburgh. Can they beat Boston if he's similarly quiet in round two? Well, you mentioned he was quiet in the first round, but he actually had the second most amount of points in the regular season against the Bruins. He tends to elevate his game against those tough teams. And J.G. Pajot led the Islanders in points in the regular season against the Bruins, but it was Matt Barzell with seven points just there behind him. And I think there's something about going out on the ice against the Sidney Crosby, which normally, I, to be honest, I was surprised we didn't see more from Matt Barzell. And I, I really felt like he was trying to push it out there in that game six. He had a lot of really good chances. Um, and, and I really felt like maybe we would have seen a big goal from him um, in the last game of that first round. But I'm expecting big things in the second round. We talk so much about the perfection line. You hear so much about, you know, what the what the Boston offense can do. Now you have Taylor Hall with a the mix there. Matt's going to want to be a fixture on the national stage and he's going to want to help push this team forward he he tends to play really well in these big matchups does the regular season and what they did against boston mean mean anything because we saw that they did have some struggles against pittsburgh and they still went out and beat them in the postseason do you do you just check the regular season success or lack thereof against any team at the door now and it's 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 completely different I think when you go to the postseason, it's all different. And I think what makes this year's regular season um, unique is that you saw these teams a lot. I mean, you played them eight times. So if you want to use the first, I mean, the first five games, the Islanders won, but they went winless the next three. So I don't know where do you want to draw from. I think they're a different team than when they played them and they won the first five. So I, I think they, they look forward to this as, as a new postseason. I think the Boston Bruins are a different team with Taylor Hall. 
So I, I really believe, like, you kind of can't really rely on what you did in the regular season. You can rely on what you know as far as their goaltenders and, and tendencies and, and what Tugarask knows the Islanders can do. But both of these teams have had some pretty stable players that have been around for several seasons. So they're pretty familiar with each other as it is. I think a lot of it is going to be what are they bringing from game one and how is the, how is the series progressing? And to me, one of the big things for the Islanders is they have to have better first periods. They have to score because Boston is such a good shutdown team when they get a lead. When they start leading in the first period, they're almost unbeatable in the regular season and the postseason. So you do not want to be chasing the games like you were with Pittsburgh. You want to have a stronger start and at least keep it even going into that first intermission. Shannon Hogan joins us from the MSG Networks. It's the Hockey Show on 98.7 ESPN on a Saturday morning. Um, I never realized, Shannon, how much I missed the crowds until I got the crowds back. And boy, I got to tell you, and I'm a Rangers fan, full disclosure, but I got to tell you, the other night at the Coliseum in Game 6, it it was electric. It It was really special. I don't even know, where are we as far as the amount of fans that can go to the Coliseum now? Well, the last I heard, the last game, it was 9,000. And before that, it was just under 7,000. So I'm not sure how that works. I think they work with the state, and I know they're working to keep people safe, and they're doing the testing and checking the vaccine cards and all that. So I'm not exactly sure how many they will have for this second round. I can tell you, I don't know how it could get any louder. I mean, you had 9,000 fans there, but they were the 9,000 most dedicated Islanders fans I have ever heard at a game. And, you know, you mentioned you're a Rangers fan. So obviously, you know, playing at the Garden is, is super special. But don't you think that there's a different vibe there in the regular season than there is in the postseason? Because it becomes a little more corporate, right? Like, it's, it's, it's expensive to get playoff tickets. So I think there's something special about what the Islanders are doing now is you have to be a season ticket member to buy tickets for the postseason. And so you are getting the diehard of all diehard fans that are there, coupled with the fact that everybody's been cooped up for a year and wants to feel a part of something. And it's so fun to feel a part of an NHL playoff game. If you're an Islanders fan, you're just thrilled to feel a part of the Islanders community. But I think any hockey fan can understand what that feeling of connection and community is, whatever team you cheer for. As far as playing at Nassau Coliseum, it's one of the most special venues I've ever covered in sports. It is loud. It is old and it just there's just something about it and I'm really excited that they're having this opportunity to continue the playoff run playing in the old barn and I I do think while people are are nostalgic about what that place means and and how the games have been I think people are also excited about UBS Arena at Belmont Park I think they know that the future is bright both with the team and with the new arena and I think that they feel good about this transition for the team after the Coliseum I think you have to I mean and this is an organization that you know a couple of years back was not in such great standing we didn't know if they were going to stay here where they were going to wind up they're playing an arena which really wasn't fit for hockey in the Barclays Center. Now you got Lamarillo, you got Trotz, you have you know Matt Barzell, you have a young goalie who's terrific. You're in the second round of the postseason at a minimum. I mean, it, this is a different era of Islanders hockey right now. One more for you, and I'll let you run, and I, I certainly appreciate a couple minutes here on a Saturday morning, and, and that is what, and, and I know it's such kind of a simplistic question, but what do the Islanders need to do to win this series? Like, like if there's an X factor for the Islanders to, to win this series in your mind, Shannon, what is it? I think they need to get the same goaltending that they got from Ilya Sorokin um, in the games that he won against the Penguins. 
I have a couple X factors I'm going to say. I think you need to get the goaltending. That's number one. If you don't have the goaltending, you're, you're going to struggle against Boston's top two lines. And as I mentioned before, I really think that they need to have better starts to games. I don't think that they can be chasing these games, at least chasing every game. Uh, I think if they can win one of these first two games on the road, that would be huge. You'd have the momentum, at least knowing you split the series, coming back to the Coliseum and, and really use that crowd's energy to your advantage. Um, I know you asked for one X factor, but I'm, I'm giving you, no, you all can, of no, you can give a couple. You know, I just didn't want to put you overly on the spot, but if you have two or three or four, go no. ahead, have at it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think starts are key. I think goaltending is key, and I think you mentioned it. I think they need more from Matt Barzell, and I think if you can get him going offensively, you can really rival the scoring of of what you're going to get from Boston because both these teams are known as a shutdown defensively, and also they have you know Tuca obviously is good good in net when he's good in net. Um, but they can score, especially the, the top two lines for, for Boston. I mean, Taylor Hall, what a, what a pickup for the Bruins. Um, so I think the Islanders just need to be able to put all their pieces together. And they're not – and you know what? If it's just Matt Barzell that scores, they can't win that way either, I don't think. I think this is a win-by-committee team that needs contributions from up and down the lineup at least from the top three lines. And then if you get the goaltending that you had from Ilya Sorokin – I would put this team against any other team in the NHL at this point in the playoffs. They are a really, really good hockey team. MSG Networks will have complete post-game coverage immediately following every game in the series, Islanders and the Bruins, starting with Game 1 tonight. Uh, Shannon Hogan, of course, will be joined in studio for the post-game with Butch Goring, and tonight's post-game will air not one network, Shen, but two, MSG and MSG+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Really- Butch and I will be having a great time. We'll be having a great time. Please join us. It's going to be so much fun, and... Uh, Thanks so much for having me on this morning. Well, thanks for waking up early. I greatly appreciate it. It was a tremendous treat. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon if the Islanders continue to roll along here in the postseason. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. That, of course, is Shannon Hogan. Quick break. Come back with Sean Bates, who scored one of the biggest goals in the postseason history of this storied franchise. That's next right here. It's the Hockey Show on a Saturday morning on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning, hockey fans. Andy from Merrick with a special Islander playoff trivia question. As the Islanders face off against the Bruins in round two of the playoffs, can you name the Islanders' first ever captain who also spent 11 years as a Boston Bruin? Back with the answer after this. Good morning, hockey fans. Andy from Merrick with a special Islanders playoff trivia question. Did you know the Islanders' first ever captain? Of course, it was in fact number 18, Eddie Westfall. Well, it is the Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. And Islanders are alive. They're going to be one of eight teams vying for the vaunted Stanley Cup. And all right, Islanders fans, let's put you in the Wayback Machine. Let's say 2002 Game 4. Does this ring a bell? Cleared by Yash and Bates and speed. Sean Bates is in. Sean Bates, who had his first career playoff goal in this series. He got some advice from the captain, Mike Pekka, a moment ago. Here he comes. Penalty shot for Bates. Scores! 
Unbelievable. Sean Bates with the penalty shot goal gave the Islanders the, the lead 4-3 in Game 4 back in 2002. Of course, the audio uh, courtesy of ESPN2. Let's bring him in. Sean Bates to the hockey show. Sean, that must uh, feel pretty good to hear that monster goal from you back, uh, amazingly enough, about 20 years ago. Yes, sir. I uh, just want to say thank you for having me. Appreciate that. You've, you're very, very welcome. So w- walk us through that moment of penalty shot postseason at the Coliseum. What goes through your mind? The call says that, that Pekka gave you a little bit of advice. Br- bring us back to that moment for, for yourself <laughs> on the Islanders. Yeah, so that was my uh, my first year with the Islanders. And, you know, I just uh, – like I say, give me a pass off the boards, an indirect pass off the boards. And I had an edge on I think it was Brian McCabe. And obviously he tripped me up and I ended up getting the uh, the penalty shot. And once, you know, once a referee pointed to the center right, I'm like, oh, my God, this is not happening. And so, you know, you, get, you got a couple minutes there to, to, to relax a little bit. And then you go over to the bench and everyone's telling you what to do, what not to do. And you try to block everything out. And I remember Michael Peckett saying, you don't want to deke them because the ice is bad. At that point in time, the ice was bad. It was uh you know, it was the end of the third period, so the ice gets uh, kind of slushy and you really can't stick handle that well. And so as I went to the penalty shot, the puck started rolling a little bit, and the best opportunity for me was to, to shoot the puck, and fortunately it went in. So it was uh, obviously my biggest moment uh, of my career. Unbelievable stuff. So so walk us through that then. You, you scored the goal. You guys hang on for the for the 4-3 victory, but eventually do lose that series in seven games to the Leafs, right? Yes, uh, so we we won that game obviously, and then uh, you know it, it went to um, seven games, so it was it was a hell of a series. Um, anything could have happened, you know. Packer got hurt. There's a lot of uh, a lot of baloney that happened during that during that series, but uh, after that series, everyone was really really hurting. Um, I think they went on to play Ottawa. I'm not I'm not I forget, but you know we gave it our best and it. Anything could have happened that series. It was um, it was a well fought series, and I think we're proud of what we did. Uh, so you're in the NHL for for a long time. You play with the Bruins. Uh, you play with the Islanders. I mean, just in hearing that call, Sean, it, you, you can just you can tell the atmosphere of the Coliseum. And people say that there's nothing like what the Coliseum is like. Is that true? I mean, when things are are, are going well and the crowd is at a fever pitch, is it like no place you've played? I'm telling you, um, no, there's nothing like that. Um, I grew up in Boston, still here as as we speak, and you know I went to the old garden, um, but there's nothing like the Coliseum. Um, just how compact it is, and, and you know the ceiling's low, and not like the you know the newer arenas in the NHL. And I remember my first series against Toronto, and you know you're sitting in the dressing room, and you can just hear everyone. You can just hear the crowd, like it was like it was shaking the whole building. It was uh, something like. You you can imagine, and you know you go off for warm ups, and you can hear them, and then obviously during the game, there's nothing like that in the NHL right now. Nothing. Former Islander Sean Bates joins us here on ninety eight seven ESPN. So uh, the Islanders have had a rough stretch, right? I mean, it's been much better the last couple of years, and they're very relevant. And they go to the the, the um, Eastern Conference Finals last season, and now they win a playoff series again this season. But I mean, it, it was a long run of the Islanders not having a lot of success. How, how nice is it for you, a former Islander player who obviously enjoyed your time here with the Isles, to see this team very relevant again? It's it's it, it's great to see, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I spent eight years of my life down there in in Long Island, and, and to be honest with you, I'd move back 
now it's it, it's fantastic uh the people around Long Island are great but to see the team doing well with that they they got a great nucleus uh with Bazal you know, obviously in the league got hurt but they're, they're looking pretty good and obviously Barry Trotz is, is a fantastic coach you know he deserves all the credit um, it's it, it's great to see the atmosphere and the and the people buzzing around Long Island. I would I was just down there last week uh, during the game uh, against the Penguins, and it's it's I, I, I you know I can't even describe it what it's like to be as a fan. You know you, you're walking around the Coliseum and you, it, the buzz around there is unbelievable, and I think they're going to be good for a long time. Yeah, they're a talented team, and their young goalie is, it really stood on his head in the uh, in the prior series against Pittsburgh. So I'm not going to ask you for a prediction as of yet, but are, do you know who you're rooting for? I mean, these are your teams. This is the Bruins. You're you're, you're a Boston guy. You played with the Bruins. You, yeah. you went to BU and the Islanders, and you had success there as well. So have you chosen who you're going to root for in this series? That's a, <laughs> that's a tough answer. Um, the way I'm going to do this is, I grew up in Boston, obviously a Boston Bruin fan my whole life, okay? And I went to BU in Boston, obviously played hockey, and then got drafted by the Bruins, played for the Bruins for four years, and then, then went on to my way to um, to Long Island. So I, I I guess the answer to the question correctly would be, I'm happy for whoever wins, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not going to give you a... <laughs> Uh, an Islander or a Bruins prediction, but you know, I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to go seven. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. To be honest with you, no, it's fair enough. Uh, Sean Bates, former Bruin and Islander, joining us here on ninety-eight-seven ESPN. So I'm not going to even ask you for a prediction. You're a nice guy. I don't want to put you on the spot and do that. But <laughs> let me ask you this: kind of fill in the blank for me. The Islanders win this series. If what happens? Well, I think, you know, they, they, they have a great defensive team. I think if they can keep uh, the Bruins' top six, uh, who, who played well in the first series, uh, if they can hold them at bay and, and keep them off the scoreboard, they will win. Uh, that being said, you know, the goalies – here's the deal. When you're, when you're in the playoffs, you need a goalie that's hot, and, and, and that's what's happening right now. So it, 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 it's up in the air, but uh, – Again, I don't even know how to answer that because it's, it's, I think it's going to be a fantastic series. I, I agree with you. Are, are the Bruins, in your mind, a, a tougher matchup for the Islanders than the Penguins were? Well, I mean, as of right now, I think so because, you know why? Their the, the top two lines, they're rolling, and, and that's how they beat the Capitals. Um, you know, with Pasternak and Marchand and Bergeron, they're rolling, and, and they're playing well. On the other hand, you got the uh, you got the Islanders, and they're known as being, you know, stubborn as defensively speaking, and and they have uh, certainly enough players to, to put the puck in the net. So it, it's it's going to be it's going to be wild, I think. It's going to be a great scene, Sean. Um, I really appreciate the time. I, I have to go into, and it, it could be an uncomfortable conversation, and um, <laughs> but I, but I have to I have to go here with you. So I, I host a show Monday to Friday, five to eight a.m. right here on ninety eight seven ESPN, and and one of my co hosts is. A gentleman by the name of Rick DiPietro, who is uh, interesting to say the least. I-, I am being told that not only did you play with Rick, you are a roommate of Rick DiPietro on the road. Is this accurate? That is that is accurate. Yes, uh, Ricky was uh, was a, <laughs> a roommate of mine on the road, and uh, we had some. Uh, uh, we had a lot of fun on the road, um, you know, especially when he signed, you know, the big contract. And I said, you know what, Rick. 
I'm not paying for a meal ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So is there one story that's clean enough that you could share with our listening audience or or is any anything, everything off limits right now? Well, to to be honest with you, Ricky's a great kid. Uh, he's, He's a little bit younger than me and, you know, and. He's obviously successful in what he did, and I'm, I'm glad to see he's doing well on the radio. But as far as on the road, no, he was, you know, he, he kept to himself. He, he did what he had to do. You know, we're on the road, we went to dinner, then back to the room. And he was just, a, you know, a, a straight shooter, and and he's just a great kid, great kid. Wow. People don't feel that way about him around the station. People are really turned off by him. So I'm, I'm glad to see that he had some, some friends uh, in NHL circles. Listen, Sean, terrific stuff. Thank you so much. Uh, it's good to catch up. And uh, this should be a, a heck of a series between the Bruins and the Islanders. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Absolutely. That, of course, is uh, Sean Bates. Great stuff there. Quick break. Come back. More of the hockey show with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. the hockey show and i'm dave rothenberg and this is 98.7 espn very busy day today islanders open up uh, against the bruins 7 30 tonight a game you can hear right here on 98.7 espn emily kaplan a terrific hockey reporter for us at espn now emily looking at your um at your twitter page i see espn hockey reporter comma bagel snob walk me through that what what makes one a bagel snob in fact all right, well, I'm speaking to my audience here. Uh, I grew up in Jersey, lived yep. in New York right after college, so obviously I know what a good bagel tastes like. Uh, but now I live in Chicago, and it's just so funny because they try and they try, and they tell me they're like New York bagels, and all these places just keep opening up, and they're all crap. They suck. Um, I literally <laughs> have my parents uh, send me bagels in the mail or pack them in their suitcases when they visit me. So that's what makes me a bagel snob. I understand. And I don't think anybody listening at this very moment thinks that you're a bagel snob. I think that you're just appropriate the way you handle the bagel. Now, I have to put you on the spot here. Very nice talking to my people. Yeah. There you go. You're back with your people. I have to ask you a question here. Um, pizza. Are you a New York pizza or, or Chicago pizza? No, I'm, Chicago pizza is fine. The deep dish, it's just not really pizza. It's a quiche. Um, and it's funny, I'm actually in New York now. I flew in Thursday night, and the first thing that I did when I got to my hotel was go to Joe's in the West Village. And I was like, I just need the New York yep. slice. Um, and just the way, it just, I don't know, it's cheap. You can get it by the slice. You can't really get it by the slice in Chicago. It's such a... <sighs> they just they just don't know what they're doing. They re- they really don't. Great city, but they as far as the bagels and the pizza, I, I agree. They they are they pale in comparison to New York. All right, um, I'm sure people are fascinated by this conversation, but I know they want us to get to the <laughs> hockey. So so let's do it. Um, when you look at the Islanders against the Penguins, were, were they fortunate to win that series? I mean, th- there were a lot of that the times in that series where Pittsburgh did look like the better team. Yeah, and the advanced analytics said that Pittsburgh should have won a lot of those games. They definitely controlled play. Um, You know, the person I have the most empathy for right now is Tristan Jari, Pittsburgh's goalie, because it's going to be a rough summer of a lot of people talking about him. He was soft in that series. He let way too many goals in on his left side. And when you think of the Islanders, you think of a team that doesn't always score three, four, five goals a night. They like to win those 2-1 games. And so they definitely benefited from some of Jari's mistakes. That said, um, you know, there's something about Barry Trotz's Islanders and the Lou Lamarillo reign where they play such a structured game that they can stick with teams even when they are being outplayed and come out on top in the end. Um, and so while, yes, they probably were a bit lucky in some of those situations, I do think that everything they've done to this point shows they've earned the spot in the second round. 
They're they're a terrific team. Did the series really change for you with that awful outlet pass in overtime of of uh, of Game Five? Yes, it did. Uh, and you know, then knowing when they're coming back to the Coliseum in Game Six, seeing that the Coliseum was going to increase the capacity, that crowd was ridiculous for Game Six. It was awesome. And just watching on TV, it felt great. I can only imagine being there, and I just knew that once the Islanders got to that point, they weren't going to lose. Yeah, and and but you know what? Pittsburgh had leads. I mean, they they led one nothing. They led two one. They led three mm-hmm. two. And every time they scored, the Islanders answered right back. Yeah, and you know, I, 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 Pittsburgh's in a really tough situation. You know, they have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin there. Um, Malkin's contract ends up next season, and they've got to figure out. Okay, we need to stay competitive, but also our cupboard is pretty dry outside of it. They've only drafted once in the first round in the last six years. And so they're just kind of in this precarious situation where they're almost good enough to win, but their future is now pretty much in flux. Yeah, uh, obviously so. So let, let's let's move forward here. And Emily Kaplan covers the uh, NHL for us at ESPN. Does such a good job joining us here on the Hockey Show 98.7 ESPN. Uh, give me, I don't know, a couple, two, three keys to the series between the Islanders and the Bruins here. Well, I look at the Bruins, and they are a team with probably the the best top line in hockey. Um, David Pasternak, Patrice Bergeron, and Brad Marchand are just a well-oiled machine. So as much as you can quiet those guys, it'll be great. I like to think that the Islanders, um, you know, have those guys who play a real good defensive game. They stay on guys. They forecheck well. Um, But just slowing down the first line is going to be key. And then it's goaltending. You know, this is one series where I do think that the Bruins actually have an edge in goaltending. Tuka Rask has played 98 career playoff games. He's been there before. He's done that. He's coming off the season in 2020 where he won the Vezina. And as great as Ilya Sorokin has been, um, you know, he's just not proven in this league. That said, Ilya Sorokin's not necessarily your typical rookie. He's 25 years old. He's already been named MVP of the playoffs in the KHL, which is widely regarded as the second best league in the world. He's played in world championships. He's had that composure. But uh, the goalie matchup's also one I'm watching. Is it is it clearly Sorokin at this point? I mean, a bad game or two, and could we go back to Varlamov, or do you look at this as this is Sorokin's job unless something kind of catastrophic happens? No, I absolutely think that Barry Trotz could turn to Semyon Varlamov at any moment, especially because you don't want him sitting too long, because if you do need him to come in a later series, say Sorokin gets hurt or really blows it, um, you don't want him resting for, I don't know, like a month um, if huh. they get deep in the playoffs. But right now, Sorokin has gotten to a point where you can't take him out. He was just fantastic in that Pittsburgh series. Uh, it feels to me, Emily, like, like the Islanders, they, they can't fall behind like they did against Pittsburgh. I mean, continuously in that series, they, they were trailing, trailing, trailing. And, and uh, do you agree that, that Boston is the more complete, better team? And if they do that against the Bruins, they, they might not find their way out of it? Yeah, I think the thing with the Bruins is they just have better high-end talent. Uh, when I look at the Islanders roster, really the only high-end talent um, you know, maybe their first pairing defensemen, their goaltenders, but Matt Barzell, he hasn't really flourished. Brock Nelson always scores a big goal. So, yeah, it's it's better in those situations not to fall behind. But I got to say, Anthony Bavillier, like all three of his goals in the Pittsburgh series were game-tying goals. So they do have guys that can step up in big moments. And Brock Nelson's another guy. Like, he always just seems to have a knack for getting these big goals. I don't want to put you on the spot if, if it's unwarranted, but are, are you making predictions on this series? Is, is that kind of thing public, or are you holding this close I to ha- No, I have to do these types of things, so I'm very happy to tell you, slash I'm not happy to tell all the Islanders fans listening, uh, that I do think the Bruins are going to win in seven. I think it's going to go the distance. It's going to be a really, really good series, uh, but the Bruins just, they're a rocket ship right now. They kind of look like a wagon, and I, I think they can tear down, or not tear down, wear down the Islanders. 
But that being said, I mean, you think this goes the, the distance. You wouldn't be shocked if the Isles win the series, would you? No, no. When, once you get to a Game 7, anything can happen, right? Like, it's hockey. That's what we love. Stanley Cup playoff hockey, Game 7. Um, and these are, you know, there's some really good matchups within these teams, especially knowing how aggressive both are uh, in their defensive structure. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a great series, honestly. It's going to be like, great. I, I, I hope it goes 7, and I think it will. Uh, let me ask you before we, we continue with the NHL postseason, let me ask you quickly about the, the Rangers. Um, if you had to put your finger on the next head coach, do you, do you have any leanings here of where we, you might go? Um, I think experience. Uh, that's something that I think they're looking for. It seems like that those are the retouts that they've made. The NHL can be pretty predictable with its coach hiring practices. It's a very big retread lead. Um, I know that Gerard Gallant did have an interview with them. Um, right before he left for Canada to go to the World Championship, I texted, checked in with uh, Gerard Gallant's agent. He said it went really well. Um, Gerard Gallant, who coached Vegas Stanley Cup final in their first year of existence, um, is probably the hottest candidate not coaching right now. Uh, I think that would be a really good hire for them. So we'll see what happens. Rick Tockett's another guy just got uh, laid off in uh, or parted ways with Arizona. Is probably how they're framing it these days. I think he could be good. He has a reputation as a player's coach, but really the qualities they need is David Quinn was hired to develop these guys. And, you know, he came from college and was supposed to connect with them, but they're at a stage now where they're ready to take the next step or rather James Dolan is ready for them to take the next step. So I think they go for someone um, with a little more NHL experience. So what is the next step for the Rangers next year? Is it get in? Is it get in and and win a playoff series? Like, obviously the expectation is there. I just wonder what the expectation in fact is. You know, it's funny because, like, everyone else around the league, um, not the Rangers, would look at the job that Jeff Corton and uh, John Davidson did, and it was like, wow, they engineered that rebuild great, and they're ahead of schedule, and, you know, there's probably not that much pressure. Like, we envy them, um, but for James Dolan, that's not enough, and I think his expectation is, well, why are we not winning already? So the expectation within the Rangers is to be a playoff team that was made pretty clear to the players during their exit meetings. Um, The rest of the NHL is kind of like, all right, well, what have these guys got? We will find out. Emily Kaplan, NHL reporter, joins us here on the Hockey Show 987 ESPN. Is there more? We talk about disappointing in the Rangers, and and I guess in some circles it was a little, although I don't think tremendously. Is there a bigger disappointment this season than what Edmonton did and the way they so quietly were bounced by Winnipeg in the first round? Uh, In the regular season, I'd say the Sabres and Flyers could have been that disappointment, but man, it was pretty rough for the Oilers especially knowing that you have these two transcendent talents, especially Connor McDavid, but also Leon Dreisaitl, and you're just kind of wasting away some prime years because their GM says you can't go in every year. Well, kind of can. The good news is is they clear up a lot of cap space this summer, and things can look better next year. Um, But that's a lot of ifs, and I hope it all works out for them, but it was pretty disappointing the way they went out. Terribly disappointing. Let's stay north of the border, the the Maple Leafs. Uh, I have to imagine you think they they beat Montreal in that uh, Canadian division. Do you you expect Tavares to uh, return at some point in the postseason for Toronto? It's so tough to say. I mean, you hear concussion, um, and you don't want to predict anything there. It's a head injury. It's really serious stuff. There's also a knee injury, which also gives you pause. But then he's back at the facility already doing some light skating. He was at their game. Uh, I believe it was game five. Sorry, I'm having a hard time keeping up with all the numbers in these series. Um, so that was a really, really good and positive sign. Um, it seems like he's tracking to join the team at some point um, in the future. And especially if they close out the Canadians, uh, maybe get the series with the Jets going, we could see him sooner rather than later. Uh, I could be premature, and I apologize to t- the Toronto fan if, in fact, I am. But but for argument's sake, Toronto closes out either game six or seven, and they beat Montreal. Who do you like in that Toronto-Winnipeg uh, matchup? 
You know, Winnipeg is a team that a lot of people are discounting, um, you know, or a lot of people are underestimating. The thing that they have, um, which uh, Toronto just doesn't have, even though Jack Campbell has been great, is sure thing goaltending. And Connor Hellebuck, great American kid, is one of the best in the game today. He can really lock in. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot tougher of a series uh, than people think. Uh, Winnipeg also has some high-end talent forwards, uh, especially with Nikolai Ehlers coming back. That was a huge boost for them. I think it could go long, but I would think that the Maple Leafs and all of the talent they have in that forward group will prevail. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you love predictions before I let you run here. Um, kind of a two-part question. Who did you, who did you pick uh, before the whole thing started to win the, uh, the Stanley Cup? Oh, you want to embarrass me on air? Uh, I picked the Washington Capitals. Oh, I, di- I actually didn't know. I wasn't trying to do that. All right, well, I'll let, I'm going to let you change right now. <laughs> I'll stand uh, where by would, it. No, where would you like it. to change to instead of Washington? Uh, I think I will go to the, either the team that knocked them out, Bruins, or the Colorado Avalanche. Man, they're so good. They, they really are. They're such a, a talented, talented hockey team. All right, Emily, this has been terrific. Think of what we've covered. Bagels, pizza, hockey, Chicago, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers head coach. I mean, we really have run the gamut here. I greatly appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Yeah, good thing I talk fast. You too. Uh, We got a lot accomplished. That, of course, is Emily Kaplan. Great stuff uh, breaking down the NHL. Quick break, come back. We'll hear from Barry Trotz, maybe a little Stephen A. Smith, and get you ready for a huge game one between the Islanders and the Bruins, a game you can hear right here, 730 tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hockey Show. I'm Dave Rothenberg with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, terrific stuff. Uh, Shannon Hogan, wonderful. Sean Bates, sensational. Emily Kaplan, just just a, a cavalcade of terrific guests here on a Saturday morning on the Hockey Show on 98.7 ESPN. And just like the, you got the whipped cream and you're like, how about the cherry? All right, here's the cherry. We have an autographed New York Islanders puck to give away. And it's simple, easy, some would say, to enter. How do you do it? Text Isles, I-S-L-E-S, to 44202. Again, that's Isles, I-S-L-E-S, to 44202. We'll select a winner at random and send you the signed puck, all from your home for the hookup, 98.7 ESPN. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Obviously, the Islanders fan is, and understandably so, at a fever pitch. You will now be one of eight teams remaining and the second round of the postseason will, will start before the first round is even completed. And you're an Islands fan. You have to be absolutely thrilled at where your team sits right now because, and we talked about this earlier with Emily, I think you could make the argument that the Islanders, were, and she says even analytically, were, were not the better team and kind of stole that series against the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So... Uh, the schedule, though, we don't know a lot. All we can sit here and tell you a couple things about the schedule with the Islanders and the Brewers. Then we'll kind of recap what we saw uh, in this uh, series against the Penguins. Islanders-Bruins game one. All right, Just the one game that we know about can be heard starting at 7.30 tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. We can't say any more than that about when the games will be played. We know that the Bruins have home ice advantage. But the rest of the series can be heard either right here on 9870 ESPN. And the only chance they would get bumped over, pushed over to 1050 a.m. is if the Knicks are playing. Otherwise, you will get the Islanders right here on 987 ESPN. So let's look to how this series broke down. We're two games apiece earlier this week. uh, And the Islanders, 
I think you can almost say stole the game five. They trailed into the third period. They get the goal. Then you have the horrendous giveaway. Bailey walks in, shoots and scores. But one of the real themes of the series is Varlamov was not great. And the young kid, uh, Sorokin, was really terrific. So I want to get into that a little bit. But but here we go. Um, firstly, here is Josh Bailey after the game. He scored the game-winning goal uh, in overtime. And here is the Islanders forward. You know, at first I was just trying to settle it down and wanted to get a good shot off and then, you know, just kind of ultimately ran out of time and just tried to tried to let one go and happy to see it go in. Oh, it went in. It was off a really rough outlet pass from the Penguins goalie, Jerry. And then uh, he walks in, scores it, and the Islanders get away with a 3-2 victory in that one. Barry trots after the game. And you had a feeling. Like, you felt like the Islanders stole a game five. They were going home. And like Emily said, everything was kind of working in the Islanders' advantage. Uh, here is the head coach of the Islanders, Barry Trotz, discussing uh, the, the performance. And he was so sensational, Sorokin, in game five. Here's the head coach. Outstanding. I mean, I can use all the all the ones that you want to write. They all they all will apply. Uh, he was outstanding. He gave us a chance. I mean, I, our first two periods were not pretty, and it allowed us to hang around. And I thought we in the third we got better. Uh, I thought in the overtime we got better, and then obviously we were able to get a goal. So um, it all goes uh, up front on Ilya. We don't we don't we don't have a chance if he. Uh, uh, doesn't have an outstanding game in the uh, in the first two periods for sure. And he really, he absolutely stood on his head and kept the Islanders in that game. And you've heard the adage for years and years and years, ride the hot goalie. Well, you know, you got to give Trotz a lot of credit because Varlamov was not great. He goes with Sorokin uh, after games two and three, and the Islanders now rattle off three consecutive victories. Um, all right, let's, um, let, let's take a listen here. More Barry Trotz. What was the message during the intermission heading into the overtime? After the second intermission, I said, enough is enough, boys. We need everybody. We sort of rallied. We got good good leadership. And I thought we sort of got our traction in the third. And uh, obviously, Ebb's scoring a real big goal. Once we scored that goal, I, I, I felt pretty good about our team. It was one of those nights where when we got it tied up and it went to overtime, I was thinking this is going to be our night. Just great stuff from Barry Trotz and the Islanders. Um, there's got to be a tremendous amount of pride that he feels in this team right now. You lose your captain. You're you're playing. I mean, for all intents and purposes, your backup goalie. You trailed um, almost every game so far in this series against the, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you still find your way out of uh, a difficult situation and, and get the victory in this series in six. How proud are you, your team, Barry Trotz? I was proud of the group for hanging in there. When things aren't going well or it's not going your way and, and uh, you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, it doesn't matter in this game or in, in, in life a little bit. And, you know, you can your attitude can change and you can become real negative and, and you can sort of pull apart. What I liked about our group is we pulled together and we got stronger because it wasn't easy. It wasn't going our way instead of, uh, you know, trying to shift the blame or, or anything we just dug in and uh, that's to me what good teams do when you're, you're not at your best you find a way to hang in there you find a way to win and, and that's to me shows a lot of character to our group and that's i always compliment our group on character that's one of our strengths and I think it trickles down from from the top. And you have the GM and the head coach who are two of the best in the business right now uh, with this Islanders team. So so let's take a listen now. Let, let's turn our attention to game six. Islanders trailed one nothing, 2-1, 3-2. But at the end of the day, here is your final call. Game six, Islanders on 10.50 a.m.
And the Bruins, of course, had their way with the Washington Capitals in five games. You hear the crowd just just deafening there. And imagine when it opens up even more to the Coliseum, which seems to be happening more and more as we move forward in every postseason around sports. Here is Barry Trotz on the crowd, the home crowd advantage there at the Coliseum. It was loud. Uh, they were they were into it. We were into it. And uh, without them, I don't know if we would have pulled us off. Honestly, we, they were they gave us a, a, a sense of, you know, we got to get this done for everybody. And they absolutely did. And again, Islanders, you know, they are you could say they're not as talented. And Emily said that their top line talent is not the same as the Bruins. And I think I think all those things are true, but they are a resilient bunch. And they play the exact style of game that they need to play um, for the postseason. And a lot of people said to me towards the end of the year, they're just not playing very good hockey. And I said, you'll see. I said, good teams find a way when their backs are to the wall. And I think that's exactly what the Islanders are right now, is a very good team. Here's Brock Nelson after game six on clinching the series. A little bit of a crazy game. You know, we spot them the lead. We battle back, you know, two, three times. But this group always sticks with it. The fans gave us a boost. They were fired up today. They were rowdy. They were loud. Whenever we got that, that goal, they were there to kind of keep us going. And then once we got the lead, they were... They were allowed through the end, so it's awesome having them, having them back. I just wanted to do it and win that one in front of them. So, so think about where we've been now. We, we've had an entire postseason with no fans in the building, and now all of a sudden you go from having some, like a, a percentage, and now buildings are, are almost at capacity, some of these places. So you, you look at the Knicks where you had 5,000, and now you have 15,000, and, and you really feel like things are starting to change. And sports feels like it was back. I mean, you're watching sports with no fans, and it's just it's such a bizarre thing. And all of a sudden, the fans are back, and you can hear the excitement and the passion and the emotion, and it really does. It completely changes the dynamic of, uh, of sports. Because last postseason was great, and it was very difficult circumstances, and we enjoyed it greatly. But this is completely different. I mean, there's home ice advantage, and there's travel involved, and there's the fans being there so it's just it's a very very different feel so the Islanders move on Islanders Nation is very very excited as in fact you should be um, let me give you the schedule again as far as what we know and it's not a lot at this moment uh, Islanders Bruins game one can be heard right here on 9870 ESPN starting at 730 tonight uh, after that, we, we don't know. We know the game two will be up in Boston. We don't know when or what time that will be. And again, you can hear every Islanders game either right here on 9870 ESPN or and only if the Knicks are playing, then it'll flip over to 1050 a.m. But otherwise, right here on 987 ESPN. So thanks to our guests. Thanks to Shannon Hogan. Thanks to Sean Bates. Thanks to Emily Kaplan. Of course, thanks to our recording producer, uh, Andy and Merrick, the, the great. Anthony Pusick and Ray Dinahan as well. Islanders game one tonight, 7.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Joe Wiz is up next. Stay safe this holiday weekend. It's supposed to be a miserable weather weekend, but we do have some playoff hockey right here on 98.7 ESPN.